0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference.
1: Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are so grateful that you have chosen to join us for this episode. Uh, today, you're going to hear from Debbie Kiever. And as we are discussing transition during this summer series in our podcasts, each one of us is going to have an opportunity to share our personal transitions, or maybe a piece of our transition, right? Because God is always changing us. And so as Debbie shares her story, uh, many of you may have heard her speak before, but in her early 20s, uh, Debbie experienced an emotional breakdown. And God really used that experience to get her to that place where she understood that her whole, her full identity, it has to be rooted in Christ and who she really is, and who we really are is what we can learn as we hear Debbie's testimony. So thank you, Debbie, for your uh, vulnerability to share this morning, uh, the road that you've walked. I know that it's going to be something that's going to bless each one of us um, and speak to each of our hearts.
0: Thank you, Laura, so much. It's it's exciting to be able to share this story, and if you had told me 30-some years ago that I would be very transparent and letting my guard mm-hmm. down and and letting the good bad and the ugly out i there's no way i would have done that so truly that is a, i'm a very different character than i was 30 years ago you know i think there's something in this story that every person will relate to and that is this desire this need that god has created within you to be able to answer two questions who am i really what's my identity and what's my purpose i need mm. to know why i i exist and so regardless of your age or whether you think you have discovered these answers or not, it is something that every person, I think, is wired to begin to ask those questions. And the challenge comes when we don't go to the source mm. for the answers. And for me, that in a nutshell, that's where my wagon wheels began to fall off was when I turned to the opinions of other people as opposed to my creator uh, to answer those questions, and I think I'm not alone, you know, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. saying that that I had to struggle with that. But it's what I did, and you know, at the time I didn't realize what I was doing. I think that journey really started in middle school and high school, and continued on into my twenties. Um, but I didn't make a conscious decision to look in the wrong place. I mm-hmm. I just did what was seemed natural at the time. Um, but I would like to start off my testimony with a story. You may, or not, may not be familiar with uh, the gift of my feet, um, and you can't see them on a podcast, which maybe is a better thing for you today, <laughs> but I have feet that are going to allow my podiatrist to retire early. I have two <laughs> large bunions, um, which are, are, they're just big. Um, I also have both my second toes lay on other toes, so it's almost like I have a double-decker bus for my wow. feet. And then I have a hammer toe on one Mm. foot. And that's like a big knuckle that sticks up like a a sky tower. So these are my feet, and I'm very thankful for them. But boy, oh boy, they are great object lessons for things that God has continued to uh, teach in me and allow me to share with other people. Um, I presently wear two orthotics in my shoes as well as two splints to hold those double-decker toes Mm -hmm. down. I wear them all the time unless I'm sleeping. Now, a couple years ago, I had one of my kids at the podiatrist for his foot issues. And I started telling this podiatrist that this hammer toe has been growing and it's been getting higher. And I'm having trouble finding shoes that I can wear. It's almost like I need an extra high shoe. And frankly, there are no good options out there that don't Mm -hmm. look like big orthopedic shoes. And he said, I have something for you. And he pulled it out. And I know this is a podcast, but in case there are some viewers on the video that we've placed out here, I'm going to hold something up. I'll describe it to you. It's a big raw iron. um, It looks like a fire stoker, like one of those things you do to poke a fire. But it is actually uh, called, I'm going to read it, it's an Arctic Footer Ball and Ring Bunion Shoe Spreader.
1: That is quite a name. Try
0: to say that twice. (laughs) Well, this doctor was so proud of this thing because apparently he and his son designed it. They have the patent for it. So I'm looking at it and I'm not very impressed. You know, know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but okay, I'll listen because after you are a doctor after a while. And he said, (laughs) give me your shoe. So he took my shoe and he, the way it works is this ball, it clamps down on your shoe and it creates like a raised bubble Hmm. right in the place where my hammer toe sticks up. So while we're in this 15-minute consultation from my son, my shoe apparently was spreading. At the end of this consultation, he gives me my shoe back. My foot slides into this shoe, and nothing is touching my toe. The kind of callus that was just rubbing and becoming like a sore on the top of my foot. And I looked at him, and I just, I thought he had given me you know, like a trip to Hawaii. It was just so exciting. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, we're excited about it. We have the patent on it. You can buy it on Amazon. Well, you know, within 24 hours, that bad boy showed up at my doorstep. That's right. <laughs> it was the best 50 bucks I could have spent on something wow. for my feet. Well, here's, here's the takeaway. I talked to the creator of the shoe spreader.
1: Mm.
0: And when I learned from him what it was called and what its purpose was, Suddenly, this thing that meant nothing to me developed all this value. Wow! Not only, um, not only did it create monetary value, I was willing to buy it. But when I travel on vacation, I I take it with me because wow. I never know when I need to sh- spread my shoes. Yeah, it makes yeah. all the difference in the world. That's the key. It's yeah. going back to the creator of you and me to determine what's my value, what's my purpose. That's awesome. Unfortunately, I didn't learn that in my t- until I was in my twenties. Mm. So let me give you a little background. Um, I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. I went to thirteen years of public school. I come from a wonderful Christian home. I am very grateful for our two godly parents. I had a great spirit filled church to be part of. I have a good relationship with my sister. Uh, she lives up in Maine. My parents were school teachers, but they were always active in ministry, and they had. A lot of high profile positions in our church, which is great, which is great. Mm-hmm. I do not feel like my mom and dad put pressure on me to become a certain kind of person. But when you have parents in ministry, it's like you grow up in a fishbowl yes. where the church family, the community looks at you. And, and they, I don't remember them actually saying anything that put pressure on me, but I definitely perceived it within between my own ears Mm -hmm. that I need to live up to a standard that will keep everybody happy with me and keep my parents in a a good place, a good reputation. I was afraid of making a mistake. I was so afraid that I would do something that would be considered a failure, Mm. that it would look poorly upon our family. And so my perception drove me to... This perfectionist tendency, this performance idea that I just have to excel at everything I do, or I I can't fail. I mm-hmm. can't. I don't. I can't have that opportunity to take those couple years to find myself. You know, to right. like right. to just wander. Like like I just felt like I couldn't do that. Well, as the years go by, there's more and more people that were coming in my life whose opinions I had to really try to gain a good positive mm. impression on them. And that's where I think I started to go wrong. I started to put a place of authority in other people, whether it would be my parents, the church, my school friends, neighborhood, whoever it was, I was allowing them to define me, to declare over me what my purpose is. And and that's dangerous. Yes, That's really dangerous because the more people you have in your life, the more opinions start to rack up. Yeah, people label you. Yep. I don't know know if I'm sure you had some names people called you, positive and negative. Absolutely. You know, growing up, I think people are very well meaning. We all do it. We say, you know, you're such a good, you're the best friend ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And then till the next day, I'm not talking to you. You know, it's like, that's right. These good labels. People might say, you're such a good daughter. Yes. You're like the best, kindest person I've ever met. And they mean well. But the way I was hearing that was if I'm your best friend and I'm the kindest person that you've ever met, I am not afforded a day of not being kind. That's right. That's right. Regardless if you're driving me crazy, I can't act negatively towards you because then that would counter the label that was on me. That's right. So I I started to have this compulsive feeling that I – have to not disappoint anybody. That's right. And that's really hard to keep up with, you know, over time.
1: It really is. And I think even if, if you think about your situation growing up in the church with with parents and the expectations that you put on yourself based on your situation. So many people grow up with expectations from different places that their parents may Mm -hmm. be, or that they find themselves. And then there's expectations we put on ourselves. And then, like you said, we live up to or down to the expectations that other people put on us as well. And so there is a place for a crisis of identity in Mm -hmm. there when when you don't know. I know I experienced a lot of labels in my life too. And it is hard even now at 52 to look back and say, those labels are not what made you who you are, and they're not what's true. So yeah, I I see that.
0: I think we even let God put expectations on us that are not valid. Yes. You know, when you grow up in a church family, and and Green, I had a good church family. They taught the word, they taught the truth. But when you are 12, 13, 14, 17, There's a lot of things that maybe they think you hear, but you're interpreting Mm. it very differently.
1: Absolutely. And and
0: so I really think I put this pressure on myself that God was gonna be really disappointed if I wasn't perfect. Again, I never read that in the word, but somewhere I believed it. Yeah, I really you know, we get negative labels too. We all know that jealous people are mean people. You know, they like to sling negative labels upon us just to try to make themselves feel better. Um, When I was in high school, I was called in my youth group the goody two-shoes. And that was not a compliment. No.
1: It was (laughs) was not a compliment. They did not mean it that way, and it's not the way we take it.
0: No, no. And it was because my convictions stood out against what they were willing to be doing. And I wasn't trying to put them down. I just was living by a conviction of what I felt like God wanted me to do. And meanwhile, I got thrown sludge at. You yes. know, like with that name, yes. uh, they used to call me Miss Perfect. And it was in a mocking sense So I was just afraid to mess up. So mm-hmm. I found myself um, caving more, like, you know, just uh, crawling in, inside, not letting people see the real me in high school because I was so afraid of their criticism.
1: Yes. Well, that's what happens when we move away from the truth of the word of God that he has put out there for us to believe, the further we get along away from that truth, the more we are going to believe those things that are criticisms mm-hmm. about who we are. And it's, it's harder to get back to the place where we should be. You
0: know, it comes back to that silly shoe spreader. Yes. I mean, and it's not silly. It's very valuable to me, but <laughs> it comes back to going to the one who designed you. He, God is the only one who has the right to define who I am. I mean just like that doctor was the only one who had the right to give six names to one item you know it's yes it's, yes it was his choice to that's do that right. but he could do that that's because right. that was his patent well, that's God right. has a patent on me and, and so he has an identity that he's already defined me by and, and a purpose for me and once I go to him then I then I I can be at peace. Amen. With who who I am. But at this point I was in coming out of high school and I had not yet figured this out. I still had a little bit more of the crazy cycle to continue. Mm-hmm. So we go off to college and I had great years. We had four years, right, Laura, at University That's right. of Delaware. That's we were right. roommates we in our sophomore That's right. year. That's right. Um, I studied physical therapy, you studied education and we had one great year of being roommates. Yep. Um, I actually dated my husband for four years. in in college. And so that was a really fun relationship to have. But I found going to college, this is a whole new fishbowl of people.
1: Absolutely. Right. Who are
0: going to watch me and I'm convinced they're watching me with this critical lens of don't mess up. You know, what is she going to do? And then they're going to judge me. So I had, whether it was my physical therapy class or roommates, you know, or my, um, we were in inner varsity Christian mm-hmm, fellowship mm-hmm. in college. And again, these are all good choices, but mm-hmm. something was broken mm-hmm. on the way I would view myself. Mm-hmm. And so when I was broken in high school and I went broken to college, you would never know from the outside that I was broken. Yes. People that knew me in, in college were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I hit it well. I did, it well. You did, Debbie.
1: You did, because you, I think, even being in that physical therapy program, which was so demanding, and mm-hmm. you talk about somebody who struggles with the perfection. Oh. No, you had to try to attain to that perfection in order to be one of the few chosen who got to be go on. Yeah. And so all of the effort you put into that. And then I think also people start... Um, looking at us or looking at you because of maybe leadership positions within InterVarsity yeah. or other places that you were involved in. And, and that kind of can start putting some false labels on us too, that other people are placing there, not uh, not in a poor way, but it just happens. There are a lot of struggles in college that we can we can struggle with our identity.
0: And I worked really hard to hide it. I mean, I really didn't even know what I was dealing with at the time. Um, do you ever do you ever get on a treadmill and you have it running really quickly and then you forget how to, like, slow it down and you're just trying to keep yes. up? And then, of course, someone films you as a YouTube viral, you know, where you're flying off the back. That's what I felt right. like. I was running and running and running, trying to maintain Um, uh, an expectation Mm. that people would be pleased with me. Mm. I'm not only just in college, but my family, you know, they were so proud. We're Mm. so proud. And again, they're not putting pressure on me, but I'm perceiving it because I'm so broken on the inside. So what I discovered about myself all the way through college, I became increasingly more superficial on what I was willing to show people Mm. about me. I was ready for the deep dive in Bible studies. If Laura, if your heart's breaking, I want to hear all the details and yes. I'll pray with you and yes. work with you. But if someone said, well, can we pray for for you, Debbie? I would go in a high level of just more peace <laughs> like, yes. and give no details. <laughs> so I found yes. I could hide better and look Christiany, yeah, right? Look like I was together by just giving generic answers and mm-hmm. superficial. But if you really wanted to know What was I anxious about? Mm. I wasn't willing to be really transparent about that. Mm. I I found myself um, not wanting to try new things. You know, I I, I am somebody who has a, a spirit of adventure now, but at the time, you know, things that are out of your comfort zone, you could fail. Yes, And so I would rather not be adventurous and be safe than to reach out. Yeah. And so I was trying to be that perfect roommate to you. Yes. I was trying to be the perfect girlfriend and, <laughs> and Bible study leader. And you know what? I learned, and I have another prop for those of you who are in the podcast, Leon. This is on the video, but you can picture it. It's like a masquerade mask.
1: Mm.
0: Have you learned, maybe by your own experience, that you will put a mask on to blend in with whatever group you are with? And then let's say it's the Friday night hangout group. There's this one mask you wear. But then you go to Bible study the next day and you have another mask that you wear. And there's the, maybe you were in a sorority or, you know, you just, you started putting these masks on to fit in because remember, I'm looking for my identity. I'm looking for a place that I belong, Mm -hmm. a place that I'm safe. And the challenge comes when you have so many people and their opinions that you're trying to please, you have a lot of masks that you're wearing. And mm. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but have you ever shown up with your Friday night party mask at the kitchen table with your mom? And it's like, <laughs> snap, I have the wrong yes, mask on. Yes,
1: right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's what I felt like I was, that's what I felt like I was doing. Mm. Oh. The pressure began to mount inside of me. I was always on my guard. I found myself increasingly beating myself up because I wasn't good enough. I wasn't mm-hmm. holding it together well enough. Um, not only was I not doing enough, I wasn't being enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it was, began to just it, it build up over the four years that we were there. There were so many people. I'm an extrovert, so I do have a lot of friends. I had a lot of superficial friends, right, because that was the safer place to be. But the more friends I accumulated, the more pressure I felt to keep Mm -hmm. everybody happy with me. Mm -hmm. There is a fabulous verse in Proverbs 29, 25. It says in the NIV, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe.
1: Amen. That
0: fear of man, it's that man's opinions. It says it's a snare. It's actually translated like a choker collar. Now, if you had a big dog and you wanted to be able to control when it would take off or where you want to keep it next to you, you put a choker collar on Mm. it. And whoever holds the leash has control of the dog. As long as they stay right where they want them, everybody's fine. They start to move away from where the owner wants them to be. They pull on the collar. It stops the dog, keeps it in its tracks. Well, that's the fear of that one person's opinion. What Mm. if you're wearing a choker collar and, Laura, I give you one leash and I give my boyfriend a leash and I give mm. my pastor a leash and you don't know, see where I'm going? Yes, and I do. A lot of people have control over you. Yes. Yes. What happens if the leash in high in college, right, that my boyfriend is holding is is going in a different direction than what my youth pastor would say.
1: That's a lot of different directions.
0: And, and and you're paralyzed. Yes. And I began to feel increasingly paralyzed because I had handed the leash to all these different people. Wow. And wow. who doesn't like to have control of a leash? Yes. Right, so everybody willingly takes it.
1: Yes. You know, and
0: they like people like to know that they have some influence over your life. But meanwhile, I was that person in the middle just yes. feeling increasingly stuck.
1: I can almost see you also with the people with the leashes and you are still trying to put your masks on. Oh, gosh. Because as this person's pulling at you, you're putting that mask on and then you feel the pull from the other person. So you scramble to try to get that mask on. It's interesting. Other people's expectations on us or when we allow people to control our identity like that, we are constantly trying to work in order to please the person that's pulling us. And you end up, you're going to get pulled apart.
0: Absolutely. You know, at a certain point, you have so many masks on your hands and on your face that if somebody were to say, Do you have freckles on your left cheek? I have no idea. I haven't seen my face (laughs) for a long time because I'm like, I had started to lose myself. In fact, the title of this podcast is Where Did I Go?
1: Mm, Like, I went someplace and I have no idea
0: where I left me, but I left me when I began to put other people. In the position of deciding who I was and what my purpose was. So I get out of college, and I get married. I get married right out of college. And I start working at the local trauma hospital around here in an ICU. Mm. Now, let me just put something on the table. If you don't deal with these real issues and your struggles in one season of life, they travel with you into the next season of life. So here I am in a new environment. Mm. I'm in a hospital where I'm in an ICU. If I make a mistake, somebody could die. Yes. And I was terrified. I mean, I, I was. I love my career in physical therapy. Those early years, I didn't have this confidence of somebody who had worked a long time. So I was every day I'm going to work, um, my prayer was, Jesus, please don't let me kill somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really
0: hard way to go to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're really afraid to just be yourself because... You're actually kind of afraid of yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then my, I mar- you know, my jump into this marriage, I jump into a new church. I have no friends really down here in Delaware yet. All the college friends are gone, right? Everybody grows up and starts adulting. And so we go to a church, we don't know anybody. And My husband is working some long hours as he starts a business. And for an extrovert who's Struggling at work because she's afraid, and I came home. I spent a lot of time by myself. Mm. Which, looking back, why did I not reach out? Because I was afraid of people's opinions. I I began to see this um, emotional hermit. You know, I want to be just stuck at home, Mm. and that's not really who I am. It's not the way God wired me. I read. I started reading a book. Called Inside Out by Dr. Larry Crab. And bottom line, it's a book, the purpose is. Do you really understand your purpose and your identity? And they had these little quizzes at the beginning of each chapter. You take a quiz kind of to yeah. see where you fall in in how well you know each other. I kept failing the quizzes. It kept saying that you really <laughs> oh. need some help. And so oh, I'm like, goodness. oh my gosh, I'm failing wow. at a book. Wow. You know, I just it just was not a good start. And wow. over the first couple months of being married, feeling insecure at work, feeling very alone. and yet wanting to be the perfect wife, the perfect homemaker, I just and reading a book that says, you really don't know who you are mm. I've I started to fall apart. Mm. And so I'd come home from work and I just would unload crying. Mm. And then I'd get that out of my system. I would put my makeup back on so that when my husband would come home late from work, I would fake it. And mm-hmm. say, oh, I, life is great. Mm-hmm. I love being your wife. And I'm thriving. And and inside, I was dying. Wow. So about wow. six months into our marriage, I got to a place. I got to a really low place. And talk about you know, Eunice's podcast on Pivot. This was yes. my turning point. This was yes. my place of transition. I had had it. I couldn't hold it in anymore. Um, so my husband had no idea I was falling apart. My parents had no idea I was falling apart. Because I didn't want to let him down.
1: Yeah,
0: I didn't want to look like I didn't have it all together. And I was uh, cry, literally crying out and shaking my fist at God saying, mm. you know, you have got to do something wow. because I'm so desperate. You have wow. got to show me what's the matter with me. Uh, I don't want to go on. I actually wow. had thoughts about not going on. And wow. that doesn't sound very Christian, doesn't sound very perfect little homemaker, Mm-mm. but that's where I was. That was the the raw truth of where I was.
1: It doesn't sound like you, Debbie.
0: No, but (laughs) it doesn't
1: sound like you. But I do feel like there are times where we have to get to that place where we have those desperate cries that come from our most broken places before we're going to come to the truth of who we really are. When you can vulnerably cry out to God and start shaking your fist, you know, and say, what is going on? Why am I here? and not understand anything he starts putting those pieces back together. So tell me what happened or what what happened how did what was the next step after you gave God that ultimatum we could call Can it. Can
0: you believe I did that? <laughs> well,
1: Honestly, first of all, he
0: didn't shoot me with a lightning bolt, right? Cuz he is a gracious God and so here I am shaking my fist and and he gave me a picture. You can call it a vision, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just saw something as I was crying. out of my eyes closed, and I'm, you know, the ugly cry, the really, really ugly cry, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I had this picture. It was this big white, it was like a throne room. Mm-hmm. And I saw these legs, kind of like the Lincoln Memorial, you know, mm-hmm. where you can see the legs. So I didn't see the face of God or anything, yeah, but I yeah. saw these legs. And there were these two white pillars on either side, and I'm hiding behind one, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like the presence of God. I was mm. terrified, terrified, because wow. remember, I think deep down inside, I never knew if I was quite okay enough mm-hmm. for God. And so I, I hear him speak to my heart, and I didn't hear him audibly, but this thought immediately came to my my mind, and it was I knew it was him because I wouldn't have asked myself this question. He said, Debbie, tell me why I should love you. Wow. And I stepped back. And I, I looked down and all, I was actually wearing a jacket, and on this jacket it said, "I'm Curtin Marge Khan's daughter." And I was like, "Wow, oh, that's a win, you know, wow? Because everybody loves Curtin and Marge. And I pointed to it, and this finger like says like, it's not a mean finger. it's like, yeah. a, take that jacket off." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I like, take it off. oh, there's another jacket. I dated a really great guy in high school. Mm. you know, we have no regrets. Nope, the finger, I like, take it off. I went through like 20 coats. Wow. And it was things from, you're a good sister, you're a good friend, you're attractive, mm-hmm. like you're a good student, you, you know, just what all these things that I think looking back, right? These were things I put my identity in. Mm, mm. These were why I had value. And God mm. was saying, nope, not that one, not that one. Take it all mm. off. Finally, I had this pile of jackets and I'm left with just me and there's no more names on me. Wow. And I sobbed. I'm like, I was, now I was afraid for the lightning bolt. Wow. Now I was afraid for God to say, what yeah, a disappointment. Yeah. And I'm crying. Yeah. And in this vision, yeah. i just got my hands over my face and I'm sobbing and then I hear this voice that goes there. That's why I love you. Because you breathe. Because oh. you're mine. And now wow. the ugly cry turns to this wailing cry oh. of, of relief. Like I, something happened in my spirit in that moment. Mm. My creator is saying, you can't do anything. You can't be anything, Debbie, more that will make me love you more. Wow. And you can't mess up wow to make me change my mind about you and wow. and say that you're a failure and wow. so now I'm sobbing this relief and right then my poor husband walked in the door oh no. and he saw this now for a guy that thinks his wife is like a rock
1: yeah right yeah. an emotional yeah.
0: rock and yeah. he's just like what is wrong and I start babbling about these jackets and this pillar and God's feet and and he's just like He's clueless, right? Wow. And he goes, is there anything you need me to do to help you? I'm like, no. He just left the room (laughs) and shut the door quietly in that place. Uh, That was the beginning of the place of healing. Wow! At that point, I didn't really understand the journey that God Mm. was bringing me through. But Mm. all I knew was that I was safe. Mm. I was safe in his love because I had Mm. gone to my creator, Mm-hmm. To find out, who am I mm-hmm. and why did you make me? Mm-hmm. And he began to call me names. Mm-hmm. And he can because he's the creator of me. That's right. He said, Debbie, you're chosen. Wow. You're my daughter. You can call me dad. Wow. Wow. You know, you're forgiven. Wow. You're my treasure. You're loved unconditionally. And the list goes on. And each name that I started to see in Scripture, you know, that God would call me, it had nothing to do with Mm. what I could do for God or what I hadn't done for God. It was purely his decision to label me with something. And he could do it because he was that authority. He was my creator. And then my purpose, you know, like, God, why am I here? And he said, ultimately... I created you for a relationship. Mm. I want a relationship with you and and really Debbie, you can't do anything to enhance my life. Yes. Right? You your relationship with me pleases me. Wow. And through your life, I want people to look at you and see and it brings glory to me. Wow. I'm gonna pour so much love on you that you're gonna wow. love other people and it's gonna draw them. To the Lord. Wow. And I and then I began to see some of the things that were talents, right? Gifts that I thought I had to be perfect in. He's like, No, I gave you a gift and it's a tool, mm. and you're gonna use it. But when you don't use it perfectly, it's okay. It's like you're still learning how to use it. And I began to see teaching and discipling and encouraging mm. and, and hospitality and things that I thought I had to do to make people like me. He said, No, just do it because I've wired you to do it mm. and do it so that people will be drawn to myself. Wow.
1: Wow. I think that one of the amazing things, in, well, there's so many amazing parts to your story, but one of the amazing things as you were speaking was that there were so many jackets, right? He didn't leave anything undone. No, Every they were all single off. one of those was, was taken off. And then all of the names and, and the attributes that he sees you carrying, right? All of the titles that you carry there's probably one for every single jacket that was taken off. Mm-hmm. You know, Mar curtain Marge Khan's daughter, you're my daughter. Yeah. You know, it was like everything that you had carried as a label to carry you forward, he said, invalid, but here is what, is valid to meet the same need. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful how God did that. So I would imagine that you, as a woman of the word, and I know that you are, you must have a life verse. Is there a life verse that you could share with us today from what you've learned through this experience?
0: I do, so let me describe one piece of this vision that he actually is just bringing to my mind now and it really validates this scripture I'm gonna share with you. When I stood there and looked at that pile of jackets with all those Mm. names, he was really clear and saying, I like the fact that you have all those names,
1: Mm, right? I mm. like that
0: you're a therapist. I like that you are a teacher. I like that you play guitar. Mm. Like, these were not bad things. Right. But he says they're not who you are. Right. You know, he was validating that they were good things in my life. He wasn't saying you need to discard all these things, but don't base your identity on them, which goes into this verse, Ephesians 1, 11 to 12. I love it in the message version. It says, I'm going to speak it to myself. Debbie, it is in Christ Mm -hmm. that I find out who I am and what I'm living for. Now, let me change it for anyone who's listening. Mm -hmm. It's in Christ that we find out uh, who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, mm. part of the overall purpose that He's working out in everything and everyone. I mean, bottom line, Laura, mm. it's mm. in Christ.
1: Amen. It's Amen. in my
0: Creator that I'm really finding out who I am. Amen. And my real identity and my real purpose. Now, sure, I like to have people like me. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, But absolutely. if somebody decides to not like me, and there are those who have made that decision— Am I sad? Yes. Am I crushed? No. Right. I used to be crushed. It could just ruin an entire day to to know that somebody was upset with me. Now, and I don't I don't take that lightly, right? But my identity is not defined by somebody else. So, I do like to do things that bless people. That I do. Who does not like to be liked, right? Right. Right. But it's not it's not defining who I am. Amen. But I know if you feel this way, sometimes. Um, If we don't keep our eyes on the Lord, we can slip back into those old tendencies, you know, and and a red flag for me that I am doing that, that I'm worrying too much Mm -hmm. about other people's opinion, is I will start to be more anxious. Mm -hmm. I'll be more fearful, like, did they really, what did they mean by what they said? Mm -hmm. And I perseverate Mm -hmm. on it. And God's like, reset. Mm -hmm. Let's just reset and go back to the truth, Mm -hmm. because that truth is what set me
1: free. Amen. Amen. Which is why we stay in the Word. Absolutely. Why we are reminded of who we are on a constant basis. I also love the fact that if you listen to Christian music, so many songs right now are just declarations of who we are, how our Father sees us, who our identity is, you know, Mm -hmm. and what that means uh, for us as we live today. This is something that we all struggle with in, in one way or another, so...
0: So I'm sure that. out there, there's some listeners who are like, you know, there's parts of what I've shared that you relate to. And, but that's my story of transition. Everybody's got their own journey that they have to walk through. But every person alive needs to walk through this definition of who I am and what is my purpose.
1: Absolutely. Debbie, I've seen you share your story, your testimony uh, in, in church buildings at women's conferences. And I've seen where you have put a face on, right? And taking your makeup off one piece at a time and taking braids out of your hair that that are not really a part of who you are, but you put them there for this object lesson. And the lessons that you learned on who we are, all of us as believers in Jesus Christ and what our identity is, has brought people to a place of greater understanding in their own story. And so your testimony encourages other people to really Mm -hmm. seek out before our father, right? That's exactly how we stand. Just like you stood Mm -hmm. uh, that we would all have that desire to stand before our father, just without any of those jackets and then pick it up. And every day, remember who we are. I love the the fact that you you gave us a practical um, gauge on how to find out if we're not walking in our identity with Christ, right? That's right. When we start to feel those feelings of anxiety or we start to feel um, impressed by other people's opinions more than we do, God gives us the gift of those things, too, in order to stay on the right path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing with us today. I, I do know, just like you just said, that many people who either are listening now or you maybe you know somebody if you're listening now who struggles with these same kinds of things, uh, that, you know, you are welcome to share this podcast. We would love for this testimony to impact many, many around the world who would hear this testimony. So we're grateful that God is a God of transition, right? He transitions us from glory to glory. To glory. So thank you for being a part of what we have been able to share today. Uh, thank you for being a part of here in Deb's testimony. If there is anything that we can uh, do, you know, please feel, reach, feel free to reach out to us so we can point you in the right direction in the word uh, to who you are in Christ and who he has created you to be. So we hope you join with us next time. Uh, thank you for being with us today, and God bless you. Thanks, everybody.